0: morning, we're doing a little bit of a uh, double act show this morning, so you've got me first and then Paul a bit later, and I'm going to open up the God's Word for us this morning and Paul's going to talk a bit more about um, what IGM are doing in a particular country so that we can really align our hearts with what God's doing. So first of all, we're going to look at Isaiah 58. And actually, I really just want to, right at the beginning, note that God's already started speaking to us in the worship. Those um, words and the way that people were praying. So um, what Jen shared, Jen Killick, that passage um, about in light of God's promises, let's seek godliness and kindness. Um, And when Dale prayed about um, God wanting to make us well like being the great healer, making all things well. Those things really tie into what I'm going to talk about, so let's just keep those in the back of our minds as we go on this morning. So I'm just going to pray, Father, that you would... um, Give me the words to convey what you have for us this morning, on this particular morning, and for these particular people here, that we would have ears open to hear from you, and that our hearts would be open, open to change, open to being changed by you, Father, that we would know you better and follow you more closely and be made more like Jesus. Amen. So, as Dale said, this is Freedom Sunday. Actually, what he didn't say is it's hashtag Freedom Sunday. I got one in there. So, if you're on social media and you want to have a little look at what's going on around the world, you can put in the hashtag Freedom Sunday or hashtag IJM. And it's an international thing. We're joining in with churches around the world as part of the fight to end slavery around the world. So, it really feels like we're part of something big. And you might remember that I preached in July on justice. It was like an introduction to the theme of justice. So let's just have a quick little recap. We looked at Micah 6, verse 8, where it says, What does the Lord require of you? To act justly, or to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. That's what God requires of us. And then we looked at Jesus announcing his arrival as king in Luke 4, the king of justice, saying justice is here. And we talked about the fact that we are Jesus' hands and feet on the earth now. When he says the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor and to do justice, well, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon us. We're part of that now. We are called to bring justice. And this is good news for the poor because the poor are the most vulnerable to injustice and oppression. And as Dale mentioned earlier, we talked about how um, if we look at poverty and injustice and oppression around the world, it can be a bit overwhelming for us as individuals. And even just as the local church, it's impossible for us to bring justice in other nations unless we partner with other organizations. So let's look at Isaiah 58 together. I'm going to read the whole thing. Let's go for it. It's only 14 verses. It's not that long. Shout it aloud, do not hold back, raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the descendants of Jacob their sins. But day after day they seek me out, they seem eager to know my ways, as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. They ask me for just decisions, i.e. justice, and seem eager for God to come near them. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I've chosen? only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the kind of fasting I've chosen, to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer you will cry for help, and he will say, here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honourable, And if you honour it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So that's a really long passage, actually. It's a big chunk, a whole chapter, and there's lots in it. But I really want to get on to talking about what IJM do to give you more of a taste of that. So today we're going to look at kind of the broad message of the passage to see what God has for us rather than getting really deep into every little line. You'll be pleased to know. But I expect, having heard that, that you're expecting me to talk about fasting, aren't you? Because actually in our Bibles, right at the beginning, the chapter is entitled True Fasting. But I'm not going to talk about fasting today, or not only fasting. We're going to talk about this passage in broad terms of religious rituals and practices in general. What we do, because we're Christians, what are our practices? It's about going to church on Sundays, our prayer meetings, life group, quiet time, that kind of thing. Not just fasting in particular, because you'll notice at the end of the passage it talks about the Sabbath as well and it's talking about generally the things that we do for God. So who is it? Who is it talking? Well, the book's called Isaiah, so that's a clue. There's this guy called Isaiah who's a prophet. He spoke, and it was written down in the 8th century BC, and he was speaking to the Israelites, God's chosen people. But actually, he's a prophet, and what does that mean? Well, he's Speaking for the voice of the Lord. He's giving God's word to God's people. And you will have heard me say right at the end, it said, The mouth of the Lord has spoken. So this is God's message to his people. And right at the beginning, where he says, Shout it aloud, do not hold back, raise your voice like a trumpet. That's God saying that to Isaiah. Shout this out, this is important. So it's Isaiah's voice, but it's God's voice for his people. And who's God speaking to? Well, I've just said he's speaking to the Israelites. And we can see from the passage, he's speaking to people who seek God and seem eager to know his ways. It says that in verse two. And it's people who ask God for justice, for just decisions. It says that in verse two as well. And then in verse three, it's people who fast and people who keep the Sabbath in verse 13. So these are believers. They're God's people. They're people who believe in God. They're not unbelievers. And I believe that this means it's for us too. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we have these same religious practices, this Sabbath and fasting, things that we do because we're Christians, things that we do for God. And so that means this message is for us too. It's not just a historical message for those people at the time. So what's wrong? What's God addressing? Well, from the point of view of the Israelites, the audience, they've got these frustrations at unanswered prayer, haven't they? Where where it's saying, we fasted, and it's like you haven't seen it. We've humbled humbled ourselves, and it's like you haven't noticed. They're feeling ignored and unanswered by God, aren't they? And that's something that's wrong for God as well, because his people are complaining. So if you ask God, well, what's wrong here? It's like, well, the people are complaining that you're not listening to them. But also, what God sees is wrong is that this is empty religious ritual, isn't it? It's not the true kind of fasting that he's asked for. It says, doesn't it, you know, your fasting ends in quarrelling and strife. You can't fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard. This isn't the kind of thing that God has asked for. It's empty. And it's hypocritical, isn't it? These, the, the Israelites were being hypocrites. They were exploiting their workers and not feeding the hungry. And this part of Isaiah was written when the Israelites had returned from exile in Babylon. They were rebuilding the temple. But actually, they were at risk of slipping back into old patterns of behavior. Throughout the Old Testament, we see it. There's like, repeatedly, there's a high with God. God's given them the Ten Commandments, or, you know, something amazing has happened. God has done something for his people. And then immediately, they seem to slip back into their old habits. When um, Moses comes down from receiving the Ten Commandments, the people have all turn their backs, and they're worshipping a golden calf. It's like this repeated pattern of behavior, where they fall back into their old hap- habits. We see it time and again and they get distracted from what God has called them to do. So what does it say that they are called to do? Well, the passage is calling them and us to do justice. It talks about abolishing exploitation in verse 3. Do we do that? Are we abolishing exploitation? Have you thought recently about who made your clothes? about who made the coffee that you buy. Does it have the fair trade symbol on it? Every day we get opportunities to think about people being exploited and we have decisions to make that can either help to exploit people or help to abolish exploitation in our world. It also calls us to set the oppressed free in verse 6, to share food with the hungry, verse 7. And because it's about fasting, that's funny, isn't it, that it's talking about sharing food with the hungry? God's saying the fast that He chooses is not that we're religiously making ourselves hungry, but that we should make the poor less hungry. Fasting is about fighting our sin, isn't it, by making ourselves hungry so that we focus on God. But let's put that food into the mouths of the poor, not just make ourselves hungry for no reason. And also, Verse 10 to 11, when it's talking about the hungry, it's talking about spending ourselves for the hungry. If you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed. And then it talks about God satisfying us and strengthening us. Sometimes the kingdom seems a little bit backwards, doesn't it? Like God saying, spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry, give your energy and I will strengthen you and satisfy you. And it also talks about providing the wanderer with shelter in verse 7, clothing the naked in verse 7. Can you hear the echoes of Jesus' voice as well? Jesus declared that he's the king bringing justice. Justice is here. And actually, he really knew his scriptures, didn't he? he? Throughout the life of Jesus, we hear these echoes of the Old Testament, don't we? Um, In Matthew 25, when Jesus is talking about the sheep and the goats, he says, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. He knew this passage from Isaiah. And these things from the Old Testament, these important things about bringing justice, Jesus echoes them, doesn't he? And in verse seven, we're called not to turn away. It says, do not turn away from your own flesh and blood. But actually, I think We should take a really wide definition of flesh and blood there. It's talking about all who are made in God's image, the whole of humanity. Let's not turn away from suffering. Let's be willing to see suffering. And let's pray for God to break our hearts for the things that break his. And then in the second half of the chapter, we hear about God's promises for us. There's a promise of healing in verse 8, answers to prayer in verse 9, that God will guide us, satisfy us, and strengthen us in verse 11. And then there's this bit about being a well-watered garden. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. If you were at Ashburnham, or over the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit, haven't we? And actually... Jesus, oh sorry, Jesus talks about um, I will give you streams of living water in John seven, and he's talking about the Holy Spirit being that living water, and so here it's like a prophetic picture. You will be like a well-watered garden, streams of living water with the Holy Spirit living in you. And then in verse twelve, it goes on to talk about good works for the kingdom, when it says your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. Actually, physically, that's what the Israelites were doing. They were restoring Israel after they'd been in exile. But also, it's talking about how If you do justice and do what God has called you to do, he will make you fruitful for the kingdom and you will accomplish things for God. True worshippers always accomplish things for God. And then it says that God promises us joy as well in verse 14. Then you will find your joy in the Lord. So it might look a little bit like God has asked us to do something And then there's this reward for it. It might look a little bit like we can earn God's promises, the healing and being satisfied and strength. If you do this, then you'll get this. But actually, it's not that. It's not a job description with wages. There's a clue in um, verse 2 and 3 where it says about they seem eager, but actually they do as they please. Those phrases are repeated, verse 2, verse 3, verse 13. They seem eager, but actually, they do as they please. And that tells us that this is about our hearts. The Israelites' hearts needed to change. Their hearts had turned away from God, and they weren't focused on what God wanted. I don't know if you remember, but a couple of weeks ago, Janet Lee had a picture for us of God giving us new hearts, she explained it in her way about God wanting to give us soft and squishy hearts, fresh, new, squishy ones. And I believe that today God is giving us an opportunity. It's not an, um, he's not admonishing us and saying, this is for you because you've turned away, you've turned your hearts away. I don't believe um, that that's God, God's word for us today. But I think it's an opportunity to check our hearts, like a like a checkup. God is the great healer. Let's have a heart checkup, like an ECG. Um, it's an opportunity to align our hearts with God's heart and ask him, Do I need to change? Is there something in my heart that needs to change, Father? Because we know from 1 Corinthians 13, don't we? that it's all about love, it's all about our hearts. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. It's not a job description of what we need to do to earn God's promises. It's a prescription of treatment from the great doctor. That's how John Piper describes it. It's a doctor's prescription, not a job description. We need to align our hearts with God's in order to experience full spiritual health. And that's what we want for this church, isn't it? Full spiritual health. Amen? So actually, this passage is an expansion of the verse in Micah that we looked at last time we talked about justice. What does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? And this tells us exactly how. We're to clothe the naked, feed the hungry, provide shelter, and free the oppressed. We're to do justice. So we see that justice and mercy are essential for our spiritual health. And that can be a bit overwhelming in this world when we see so many different types of injustice. We hear about um, kids in enforced labor in shoe factories and clothes factories and in brick kilns, whole families being enslaved to make bricks in India, and kids in fishing boats on Lake Volta. It can be a bit overwhelming, especially if you look at the IJM website, there's a lot of stories about different types of injustice. But this is an opportunity to do something. Let's not do nothing. I realize that's a double negative. Let's not do nothing, let's do something. And then it won't feel so overwhelming. So I'd like to tell you a little bit more about what IDM do. Did you know that there are 4 billion people who live outside the protection of the law? 4 billion. So that means that um, if something bad happens, they can't just call the police, because there either isn't a police force or just no one will come. And that might be because there aren't the people, there aren't the boots on the ground, or it might be because there's just so much corruption that no one cares. And did you know that there's over 40 million people held as slaves currently in the world? That's a really difficult number to get our heads around, but it's roughly the population of Canada. Did you know that? 40 million. And that's more than at any other point in history. So you've probably learned about the slave trade at school. But actually, now, today, there's more people in slavery than at any other time in history. And IJM is the largest anti-slavery organization in the world, and they're making a real difference. So, so far this year, in 2019, there's been over 1,100 people rescued from slavery and oppression. And in total, since um, the start of IJM, they've rescued over 50,000 people from slavery and oppression. Isn't that amazing? So how they do that, there's like these four little pictures. So, the first one is about rescuing victims. They actually have rescuers, people, that's their job. They're investigators and rescuers. So, the investigators, some of them have to go undercover and pretend to be customers or clients um, in brothels and brick kilns and factories. And they go undercover and they find out where people are held in slavery. And they also have people at places like train stations where people might be being trafficked, people who are trained on what to look out for in countries where there's widespread poverty and where this is a real problem. And then they partner with the local police to go and rescue people. So they actually go in with the police. Sometimes they kind of had to force them, like, look, there are 50 people in slavery here. You are coming with us. We are standing here in your police station until you go with us to rescue these people. And as you can imagine, that can be dangerous. They can face um, aggression and violence from um, the slave owners. And also, it can be difficult, their relationships with the police and the local law enforcement authorities. So that's something to pray for, definitely. So they rescue victims and then they also collect evidence so that people can be prosecuted. So they collect all the evidence during their investigation about where the people are, how many, how many people are enslaved and what exactly is going on. And they take witness statements um, and then they give all that evidence to local law enforcement. Um, so that the case can go to trial. Sometimes this can take years, it can take years for slave traders to be prosecuted, but they persevere and they do the work that maybe local law enforcement don't or can't or just won't. Then IJM also restore survivors. So every single person rescued from slavery by IJM has at least two years of rehabilitation. So they have these rehabilitation houses where people can live or they can get restored um, back to their family if um, that's available to them as an option. Um, And then they provide them with rehabilitation and love and um, trauma therapy um, and um, medical care, anything that they might need. So there are some houses run by IJM, but they also partner with other organisations that have houses and services for rehabilitation. So there's partnership as well as just IGM doing it on their own. Then they also help to repair and strengthen justice systems. So they go into countries where there's corruption or just poor training for the police, magistrates, judges, and they provide training. They hire local lawyers To help with prosecutions and to train magistrates and judges so that they're fully aware of how that particular justice system works so it's not lawyers from the UK going or from the States going over there it's local lawyers strengthening the justice systems and stamping out corruption so that the police can do the job that they're called to do and so that people get prosecuted so those are like the four strains of what IJM do And IJM have this vision to rescue millions, protect half a billion, and make justice for the poor unstoppable. And this is the vision for up until 2030, so about the next 10 years or so. Did you know that they had a previous vision? So they've they've changed their vision in the last couple of years. Their previous vision was to rescue thousands, protect millions, and prove that justice for the poor is possible. And they've had to change it because they were like, yeah, we've done that. God, we need to increase our vision. God, give us bigger vision. And that's one of my prayers for us today, that God will widen our vision. So we're going to watch a video now that's a story of one survivor, a girl called Liana who was rescued from slavery. And, you know, there are stories from IJM of um, hundreds of people being rescued at a time. There was this one brick kiln in India where there were over 500 people, I think it was 564, rescued all at the same time because this brick kiln was just full of families in slavery. But actually, I want us to remember that Jesus goes after the one. So we're going to watch this story of Liana. And she was rescued from sex trafficking. It's quite a harrowing story. So if you're particularly um, sensitive to stories of sexual violence, I just want you to be aware that it's quite a harrowing story, but let's not turn from our own flesh and blood, and let's watch the story of Jesus going after the one, and then Paul's going to talk to us a little bit more about where Liana lives.
1: Anna was held by her mother and her stepfather, in fact, was involved as well, um, for a number of months um, before eventually, of her own accord, she was able to escape and get back to her grandparents. And uh, she said when she got uh, back to her grandparents, telling her grandpa what had happened was one of the hardest bits (laughs) of her whole journey. Within weeks... um, officials were able to arrest Liana's mother, and the, ref- the case was referred to IJM, and IGM worked um, with the uh, local prosecutors and put Liana's captors on trial. Um, they helped uh, search for uh, Liana's stepfather, um, and it was more than a year before he was arrested as well. Um, Liana went on to live in a safe house, um, provided by IJM, and she was um, uh, living there with counselling and, uh, uh, and therapy and uh, is at the beginning of a journey that uh, will, will go on for years <laughs> to, to heal and overcome that trauma. Um, she's doing well, she's at school, and uh, she's hoping to become perhaps a doctor or a lawyer someday. She said, with therapy, I've been able to overcome what's happened to me. I think I have a big future ahead of me. Now I can see myself caring for children like a pediatrician. It's not an easy story to watch, is it? The story of a girl living with her grandparents out of necessity because her mother's not in a position to care for her, reunited with her mother, only to be forced into sexual slavery. Escapes and has the pain of her mother being removed again. I mean that's. It must be the right thing to do. But it's so. Heartbreakingly awful. We've got a picture of Liana I think. And. Um, yeah. Liana is from the Dominican Republic. And. um As Clodian and I have been praying about how we can be involved with IJM, there is, as Clodian has listed, so many things going on around the world that IJM is in a huge number of countries around the world fighting against injustice and oppression, freeing slaves from brick kilns, children from shoe factories, um, children from sexual exploitation in the Philippines. um, And as we've been praying, we've had our hearts drawn to the Dominican Republic. So um, as a church, in our response, one of the things that we're going to seek to do is to partner with the Dominican Republic. And Zoe, if you just flip back a, a slide, if you're not familiar with the Dominican Republic and, and you may not be, this is the, this is the Caribbean. Um, this is South America just down here, Mexico this way, this is Florida just peeking in the top. Um, and here, this island here, we've got the Dominican Republic. It's an island in the Caribbean. Now you'll, you'll, you'll recognise that this area has been in the news recently. Uh, Hurricane Dorian came by. Thankfully, it came mostly, it, it took these islands here, some rain here, but came round the north, and it was uh, Grand Bahama up here that took the worse of Dorian. But you'll... Know this area from the news. If we zoom in, this is the Dominican, this is the island I showed you, and actually, it's split in two. To the east here, these two-thirds of the Dominican Republic, um, which is, as I say, where uh, Liana lives, uh, with the capital, Santo Domingo. But the, to the west here, we have another country entirely. This is Haiti. Well, again, Haiti's been in the news. 2010, there was a huge earthquake in Haiti, you'll remember. And um, it, uh, let me get this right, it affected 3 million people, that earthquake, and killed around about a quarter of a million. And the impact of that earthquake was to drive several people from Haiti into the Dominican Republic. The border is pretty porous. You're getting the theme. The local authorities don't have the resources to cope in the same way that we'd understand them here in the U.K. And when you think about that earthquake in 2010, you'll remember that from the news, horrific devastation. And then there was an update to that story last year where it came out that the Oxfam director who had responded to that Haitian earthquake had been accused of sexual exploitation. of sex workers in Haiti. And you'll remember, you may remember from last year, there had been, you know, this had sort of come out, that this had what had been going on. So it's, it's, it's not the Dominican Republic, it's Haiti. But it, I, for me, this drives home the point that this is real, real lives. This isn't uh, something that IJM are kind of whipping up to try and get us to, you know, Respond and act and do something. This isn't isolated to a story of a God called Liana. However heartbreaking that is, this is stuff that is going on that gets into our news. And we can sit there and see earthquakes and we can see those in positions of trust exploiting those positions and we think, well, what can we do? Well, is this what we can do? This is something we can do. Let me just tell you a bit about the Dominican Republic, and we'll leave this slide up for now, Zoe. Dominican Republic has a population of about 10 million. Um, so, I don't know what that makes it. A couple, of, a, couple of large, a couple of large cities in the UK. Of that 10 million, a... Uh, some work by the UN in 2003 estimated there were 25 to 35,000 sex workers in that population. And they reckon about 10% of those were children. With 60% of them having got into sex work as children. It has the third fastest growing rate of human trafficking in the world. And in 2011, uh, another stat: it, it was identified as the, f- the Dominican Republic was identified as the fourth largest exporter of prostitutes in the world. I put it up there with Thailand, the Philippines, and Brazil. In 2003, the government of the Dominican Republic committed to clamping down on uh, on this uh, on on sex trafficking. and and sex crime and between 2003 and 2013 in those 10 years there were six convictions. IJM um, spent time and uh, eventually uh, established an office in 2013 um, and since then in those six years 120 children and young women have been rescued and more than 30 criminals have been prosecuted. They are already making a difference. And so as we've been praying about this, this the, the needs of that office and of IGM's work in Dominican Republic have broken our hearts. And so as our response as a church, as we look to partner with IGM, that is one of the key things that we want to do is get alongside the the IGM's office and their workers that are in the Dominican Republic. So we're going to do that as a church. You're going to find that through the coming weeks, months, years. Um, IJM is going to come up in prayer meetings, in services, in offerings, um, in, through the weekly update. It's already yesterday, if you were at the prayer room, uh, that Ashley sent up. There was already stuff about IJM out there. We're going to, it's going to become part of the fabric of King's Church. So, great. <laughs> we're going to respond. But the question I think we've got this morning is, how else can we respond as individuals? Um, so we're just going to think about that for, for a moment. Um, Tim, can I invite you and the band to come back and just just ask Tim to just play quietly in the background, and in a bit we will finish, on, uh, uh, finish in, in song before we go for some... Uh, tea and coffee and, and the meeting but um, just going to spend a bit of time resp- just thinking about how we can respond as individuals right now um, there's a couple of things that we're going to do I'm going to talk for a little bit about what those are and then I'm going to give us some time just as I say while Tim just quietly plays for a couple of minutes just for each of us to think and pray about you know what it is we can do then I'm going to pray um, some prayers uh, To bring that time to a close, and we'll sing before we have tea and coffee. So God's call in Isaiah 58 is for us to check our thinking, check our hearts. IJM might not be for you personally, but we have an opportunity to think again about what it is that God is calling each of us to. And for some of us, for me and Claudine, that is getting alongside IGM and the work they're doing. And I believe that that is going to be true for some others of you here this morning. That you're going to have heard a bit more about what they're up to and you're going to be, God is going to be just putting that on your heart. Yes, this is what I want you to get involved in. In which case, great. It might not be, there may be other things. There are so many other ways that King's Church serves the poor and the oppressed. This is not the only one, winter night shelter. That might be it for you. Great, God bless you. But here's an opportunity this morning just to check what has God got in our hearts. There's two immediate things we can do. We can give to the work of IJM. IJM call it becoming a freedom partner. And I've done this, okay? Join us. Um, it's good to regularly think about our financial giving and ask God why he's calling us to give cheerfully and generously. Well, here's an opportunity to do that. And perhaps, as Liz tes- Liz's testimony this morning was, you know, God didn't need to ask her twice. She knows now that if he asks her, she just gets on and does it. Well, if God is asking you to give to the work of IJM this morning, You can just get on and do it. There are giving forms around the seats and pens. You can just fill it out. You can take it home (laughs) and pray about it and ask God about it. But if there's that immediate response put on your heart this morning, then here's the opportunity to go for it. The other thing that we can do in response is pray. Prayer is at the heart of IGM's work. IGM staff pray every day in their workplace because they need God at the center of what they're doing. This is a Christian organization working to abolish slavery around the world. They pray before every rescue. They know they can't go and knock on the door of a brothel before knocking on the doors of heaven first. There's two ways to respond in prayer. First thing is part of our church response. We're going to establish a justice group. And we're going to meet for the first time on the 17th of October at our house. If there's too many people, we'll meet somewhere else. Don't worry about it. We'll sort it out. We've already got people who've said, I want to be part of that. So you won't be the only one turning up. We're going to meet to pray for the work of IJM and particularly the work in the Dominican Republic. There'll be more information coming out in the in the email update and all that sort of thing, but come and talk to us. If that's something you want to do, come and let us know, and we'll just add your name to the list and keep you informed. Secondly, you can become an IJM prayer partner. If you're filling out a gift card, there's options to tick on there to get prayer information as well. If you're not filling out a gift card, then there are separate cards around to sign up just for that prayer information. They'll send you emails or whatever to keep you informed of what you can pray about. If you fill out a prayer card this morning, drop it off at the Connect desk and we will ensure they get back to our IJM. Um, Alternatively, you you can sign up on their website. That easy. There we go, we can give. We can pray by our justice group or or directly with RGM, We do all these things. I just want to take a couple of minutes. I'm going to stop talking. Tim's going to keep playing and just ask God to speak to us. His Holy Spirit is with us here. He can speak directly into our hearts and lives. So let's just ask him to do that. Father God, we thank you for your word. And we thank you that you have called people at IJM to bring freedom to the captives. We thank you that you speak to us now by your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we ask that you would continue to work in our hearts. Father, we long to see your kingdom come not just in our own lives and in the life of our church, but throughout your world. Lord, we pray especially for IJM working in the Dominican Republic. Father, we ask that you would provide for their needs. We pray for their protection of IJM staff as they work to investigate, rescue, rehabilitate and prosecute. Father, we pray for close and united working relationships with the police and the officials. We particularly ask that meetings between IJM and justice officials going on right now, Lord, would have wisdom, would see effective communication. Lord, that the locals would embrace the teaching and take on Sets sex trafficking as their issue, Father, to pursue. Lord, we cannot imagine the pain and suffering so many in your world face on a daily basis. Lord, it can be too much to bear. So, Father, we ask you that you would help us by your Spirit. That we would not turn away from our own flesh and blood. That we would not pass by. But Lord, that we would be willing to acknowledge suffering. And have our hearts broken as your heart is broken. That we might bring a true fast. And Lord, we say that you are the God of hope. You are merciful, Lord. You are mighty. You are faithful. And you are a God of justice. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. and sing a final song to our God of justice.